Welcome to the Body Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Kiara. You can expect new episodes each Wednesday that are educational, inspiring, and honest surrounding various women's health topics, spirituality, and so much more. The Body Wisdom Podcast was brought to life by integrating the physical and emotional body to deepen one's healing journey. Thanks for being here and enjoy the show. Hello, hello. 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 How's it going in Cabo? <laughs> I made a little makeshift desk. So yeah. great. I'm sitting on my floor or on the floor and this puppy is just on my feet. So it's great. Today. You, couldn't, you couldn't ask for a better setup, like love dogs. I know. I know. You, I feel like you, I just saw your story. You have a little dog. I feel like I've never seen that little dog. <laughs> Actually, maybe one time. Yeah, no, he's kind of, his name is Taz. He's still here. He has this little like bow tie on and he's like super duper cute. Um, he's, he's 15 years old and he was my very first, well, I don't want to say my very first dog. Like he was like my first, like supposed to be like my dog. And then I would go manage football in high school. And then he slowly became my parents' dog. And then I went off to college, couldn't bring him. And then he's just like, now he stays with my mom. And then in college, I was like, I want a dog. And then that's when I got Rocky who is like, yeah, he's my baby. Like I've had him since he was six weeks old. Like I, I literally tell people like I, I gave birth to him and we yeah. kind of look alike. We talked about this, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we act the same. We look alike. Like, I mean, it's a real thing guys. So <laughs> I, I mean, I can test to that, that like every dog I've been dog sitting has looked like their owner, like literally mm. everyone. <laughs> Isn't that so crazy? Like, that's yeah. So like weird. aneurysms and like the way that they carry their body. It's so interesting. It's so interesting. Like I want to know the science behind all that, just so I can geek out on it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, it's still really cool. But yeah, we've just been having a morning over here. As you know, I've been waking up later than usual. I woke up at nine 30 today. And I was like, what? I did not feel like 9.30. It was like seven in my mind. But I was like, oh my God, it's 9.30. What? Wow. But- that's so unlike you, but like clearly your body needs that rest. Yeah. yeah. Right now it does. Yeah. Coming back from the retreat and we got sick and all that Bad stuff. Bunny. <laughs> Bad bunny. Oh my God. Seriously. I was like, I don't think my body was ready for this. Like adrenal glands tax like halfway through the concert I was like I need to sit down (laughs) it was totally still running on stress hormones yeah but it was it was totally worth it totally worth it no regrets sometimes you have to yeah (laughs) I um have been noticing and I'm curious if anyone listening has ever had this I have been doing some castor oil packs sometimes at night and whenever I do them over my liver, I dream all night long. Like I remember the dreams and I don't know like if it's getting me into such a deep REM that I'm able to remember my dream mm. or if it's like the liver emotions because they're intense and really? I wake up and I'm exhausted. 
<laughs> like I was going to go to yoga this morning and it was seven 30 and I could not wake up for it. Cause I had been dreaming all night and I felt like I had run a marathon and it's, yeah, I'm curious that never has happened. Like, I can't remember that happening in the past with castor oil packs. And so that's happened to anyone. I'd love to hear your testimonial. <laughs> I'm so fascinated by dreams. I actually just attended a workshop about trauma and dreams and more so specifically if it's the same dream, like reoccurring over and over again, or even not like just really like a fascinating dream. And you're like, huh, I wonder like what that meant, like kind of thing. It's very interesting and we can approach it from like a somatic lens too. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed that workshop and I can't really answer that question for you because I'm someone, and this is why I'm so fascinated by dreams because I have the wildest dreams like every single night. And I learned from traditional Chinese medicine from a friend that if your dreams are like buck wild crazy, um, it actually has a lot to do with your kidneys. And I'm sure there's so many different, like, you know, reasonings for that. And I'm sure it's multifaceted, but um, at the time I remember I was just getting over the first time. I think I had COVID, even though I tested negative, but, um, that, along with the adrenal stress, like it just made so much sense. And I was like, yeah, like my dreams, like I would come downstairs every single morning and tell my boyfriend, my, my boyfriend, my brother's girlfriend, like my dreams every single night. She's like, yo, I want you to like go through a sleep study because your dreams are always like the craziest and it just makes so much sense, but also doesn't make any sense at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so, and I mean, it makes so much sense on the adrenals right now for me too, uh, just with like the being sick and traveling and the stress. So that makes sense. But it, it was happening before too, with the castor oil packs, like only yeah. wear castor oil packs. And I, I, part of me thinks it's getting me just into a deep rest. Cause they're so, I love them so much and they're so relaxing to me. But yeah, that's interesting on the kidney piece. Um, yeah. Yeah. So many different uh, variables, but I do love castor oil packs. And I actually think a client told me that before. Um, castor oil packs can be really, really impactful, whether it's like the next day you notice. I remember one of the very first times I did a castor oil pack, like immediately after I had the best bowel movement. Yeah. And I was like, Wow. Yeah, that's why I originally started <laughs> doing them was for bowel movements, not even like for hormones. It was for like putting my body into a parasympathetic. Yeah. yeah, it's they're awesome. Can't recommend them enough. I started doing them actually the the castor oil packs and coffee enemas in college because I was so desperate. Like I was just like researching, like <laughs> what the hell do I do for my bowel movements? Like it was so awful. And so I really started doing them early and um yeah, they've just been a forever, well, minus the enemas, I don't really do those anymore, but, um, the castor oil packs, I actually brought it to my mom's house this weekend. So I could do one because they're the best, even just like if you're, I'm not a big TV watcher, but like I tell clients, like, even if you just do them while you're watching TV, like just have yeah. it, um, like in court, it doesn't have to be this whole new thing you're doing, do it right before bed and then go to bed with it and just make sure you're wearing t-shirt you don't really care about and yeah the yeah best. do you have the queen of thrones one or which one i do don't have? actually i i love like the idea of that one but i just have like a regular old just simple yeah i think from heritage um super affordable i know what you're talking about yeah yeah, yeah. It, it can be just that actually one of our uh one of the women at the retreat she um 
she put me on to queen of thrones i was using just like a regular one and she was like i love it so much because i can sleep with it and da, 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 i do it every single night uh-huh. i bet you can guess who this is like <laughs> she's the best but um yeah i was like okay so i actually have a discount code for them if you guys are interested in trying out queen of thrones it's kmw they have a variety of castor oil packs not just for your abdomen um, but also for like your throat, for your thyroid, they I have, have like, too, and they have the eye, the eye ones, the eyelashes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they have a lot. And then also like, I mean, Maribel, like she's just so freaking funny, like hilarious woman on Instagram. And then, um, they also have like a hair castor oil wrap situation. So yeah, check them out. We love them. Um, but anywho, I wanted to kind of just touch a little bit on the retreat. We keep like kind of sneaking it in there, but Mm -hmm. wow. Have you had time to process yet? (laughs) I'm like just starting to process, by the way, if you guys don't know, we got super sick after the retreat and it kind of has slowed down our ability to process everything that went on. but I think you said you journaled this week, which is amazing. I need to do that. Um, but yeah, I have started to process in like the last couple of days and just like remembering like the deeper layers. Um, so yeah, I have. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting because I don't know, like when we were there, I was so taken back by like the micro moments that were happening, like during our experiences, I remember going up to you. I was like, wow, like, this is so powerful. Like when we were doing what's called a feeler. Um, and I'm going to share this more in an email that we have coming up because I really want you guys to get like all the details that happen as much as we can, obviously we can't like recreate the entire experience for you, but, um, I I'm outlining like every single day in the email and kind of like what we did and why we did, um, certain activities and how that kind of contributed to this whole theme of like a death and a rebirth, um, especially like the Themyscal ceremony, which was like oh super God. intense. Yeah. I did mention in there, I was like, Gabby and I like walked away with eye boogers. <laughs> <laughs> We were full on detoxing. <laughs> yeah, I did not expect that at all. And I was like so confused at first because I was like, how did I get conjunctivitis? Like I, I was like just full on thinking that I had conjunctivitis and I picked it up somehow. And like the the stuff you guys that was coming out of my eyeballs, it was just like just green, stretchy boogers. And I was like, what is going on? And then Gabby was so smart enough to like actually look it up and <laughs> It's actually very common when you're opening up, when you're spending like three hours in a sweat lodge and you're opening up all the mucous membranes. And it's just like, there was probably stuff like just there and just waiting to be released and stuff. And so the sweat lodge really helped with that. And on top of that, the herbs that they have, it's not just like heat. There were intentional herbs, like, gosh, I don't even remember what now. Lemongrass, grapefruit, lavender. Um, I think lavender is one of them. Lavender. The grapefruit was, oh, that was my favorite. Mm, so it good. Was so refreshing. And it was also just so beautiful. Like she's like a true medicine woman. Um, mm-hmm. 
a lot of people are calling themselves medicine women these days and like who knows maybe but like she was a true medicine woman and it just the way that she facilitated it was very sacred and yeah the herbs definitely I think contributed to how quickly we opened up the mucous membranes and things just needed to come out and it really just pays homage to like the things that our ancestors used to do to detox that we've really lost touch with um so many facets to the to mescal but yeah yeah I I did mention that I was like just thanking the Mayan um ancestors for sharing their medicine with us because I do feel like it is so sacred and here we are as Americans coming over trying out these things because it's cool or trendy, but also like we see the benefit of it, um, both emotionally, spiritually, and physically. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we clearly saw that physically and emotionally, like there were tears, there were laugh, there was laughter, there were animal noises. It was so mm-hmm. epic. Highly recommend just at least trying it out once. I think once is like plenty, Yeah, <laughs> at least for the next few years. Like I, <laughs> I walked yeah. in there, I was like, whoa whoa (laughs) just like surrendering to what is as long as it's there's some like we had um some women in our group where there was a lot of fear around it or women that it just it didn't like they were worried about what was going to happen and that's honoring that I think is really beautiful and if you have a little bit of fear but you're still feeling open to it like just surrendering to what it is because it's so new Mm -hmm. to you probably and Mm -hmm. um really beautiful and that's how we see things that like anything that's, that's kind of what I've learned over the years when I've tried to like preach certain things about my lifestyle and stuff. I'm like, and, and I'm sharing it with someone who's not quite ready for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why, why, why? Like my, the front of me, like the, my, I don't even know what to call it. <laughs> like my, I don't know, my protectors online and it's like, why, why? Like, it doesn't make any sense that you won't listen to me. Like, why don't you trust me, et cetera. But then I like reflect on it and I'm like, oh, this is different. Of course there's fear that's natural. And they have their, like, I planted a seed and they get to explore it when they want to, if they want to. Um, so it makes so much sense that we fear things that we have never been exposed to. So yeah. Anywho. (laughs) It was a beautiful experience and the retreat is just such a beautiful way to come together. I think that's something that we all kind of can agree on is that the sisterhood aspect of things kind of really brought so much healing to our our souls, to our systems and allowed us to fully surrender and relax into laughter and play and just sharing each other's stories with one another and holding space for one another. And I, I still feel that in my body today. And I think that's why I feel so, so good in my body today. Um, and a lot of the other women can, can relate to that as well. And so that's really why I wanted to host a retreat is because we've been, you know, for the past couple of years and in isolation and, you know, kind of really forgot about how important community is for our health. And so there's so much that can we, we can connect on through social media and the internet, et cetera, but there's nothing quite like in-person connection with women who are like-minded and you guys are there for like, similar reasons, maybe not the exact same story, but similar reasons. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's just so awesome when you can relate to that and you spend a whole week with women. It's just, 
oh, something just happens to your nervous system and it's so good. Mm -hmm. That was like one of my favorite things. Well, first of all, it was our first time meeting, which was so cool. Yeah. <laughs> like in real life, that was so cool. And like, who knows how long it would have taken for us to meet had we not done, had you not done the retreat. Um, and seeing everyone, I feel like a big theme. <clears throat> um, and of course, like, like Kara said, there's things that we just can't share because they're really personal and like things that, um, you just kind of, I don't want to say you had to be there, but you just have to be there to experience because they're not really verbal things. Um, but a big theme was that people <clears throat> and the women there just felt like a, so connected to everyone because we have this like-minded already going into it and it doesn't mean we all have we came from very different walks of life like we all were coming from completely different backgrounds but we shared this like common um interest in bettering ourselves physically emotionally spiritually and like just to see how excited people got when we like some of us had the red mint salt some of us had these minerals some of us had like yeah all of these different things and that was a big like excitement for a lot of the women because sometimes you're on you feel that you're on this journey alone and you can only connect with people through social media who are doing similar things than you and you like when you go to a restaurant you feel alone and and yeah. you feel like you're the only one getting the blah 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 meal and um I loved that I remember that feeling like years ago feeling so alone I think now I'm in kind of a place that I don't care really <laughs> if I'm the only one and that that's just like where I'm at but um I loved how, like seeing people feel less alone in their journey that was really cool to watch it was really beautiful it was so beautiful and and it was awesome for me too because I got to I think I met like two of the retreat guests there like in person already um but I had worked with every single person in some capacity hmm. and that made it just 10 times more awesome for me and I loved it so much. Oh, I'm just so grateful for that experience and can't wait to continue um, hosting retreats for you guys. And what's really cool is that if you're a Nourished Woman student, you also get a discount if you join the Nourished Woman retreat. And we will share details soon on next fall's retreat. Gosh, I got back and I was like, okay, let's plan the next Immediately one. Planning. <laughs> Immediately, because I was like, oh, that was amazing. Like, I don't, I really can't put it into words. You guys, I can't describe it. Like, uh, I just, I'm reliving that in my body right now. I'm just like, oh, whoa. Mm -hmm. Um, but we are going for like a mountainous in the States fall vibes retreat next year. And yeah, just stay tuned for details. And again, if you want a discount to the retreat, you can join the Nourished Woman group program. That cohort, our first call is on December the 7th. We will begin talking about it more in the coming months. So stay tuned for that. But you mentioned something about being alone when you're eating something. And I just felt that way so much when I was like doing all the elimination diets, yes. whether that was through low FODMAP or, oh my God. I mean, especially low FODMAP. Oh, did you ever have the app, the Monash app? No, no. Oh, I have PTSD. <laughs> I I'm haven't not heard just, like saying that. It was like looking at the app, figuring out what's a green food. If anyone's ever done it, you get it. 
but yeah. Oh my gosh. No, I've never heard of it. And probably grateful that I haven't heard of it, <laughs> but maybe someone else has and can relate. I mean, yeah. that, that, yeah, it just probably makes you feel like you're spinning. Um, the low FODMAP diet was my very first one because I was diagnosed with idiopathic IBS. Idiopathic means like, there's no particular reason. We know that's complete BS now. <laughs> that's literally what it should be called. <laughs> Seriously. Like there's no reason, like, don't let anyone tell you that like there's, well, okay. I don't want to sign a meaning to everything, but in this case, there are so many different factors that were in my life, emotionally, spiritually, and physically that were impacting my yeah, my condition. And so IBS, like I identified with it and I was like, okay, I got to do low FODMAP. And there were no instructions on how to like get off of it. It was just kind of like, this is how you have to live the rest of your life. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was so depressed. Like I was and food, like being such a foodie, like I was, I felt so rest restricted and, and restrained. And it felt like I was dying a little bit inside. I know that sounds very like extreme, but it's so true. And if you've been in that seat, you may know what I'm talking about, but I just felt so isolated and watching everyone else eat what they wanted to eat. And I was over here just eating God knows, God knows what. And, um, but that was the start of it. And I probably was on like some sort of elimination diet or identifying with like paleo or keto or whatever it is, like whole 30 for the next like two years, I want to say. And then there's a point that I reached and I was like, I can't do this anymore. My mental health is suffering because these elimination diets that I've been on for the past two years have only made me more sick. I'm not enjoying my food and yeah, I'm not happy. <laughs> so I just kind of like, I don't know. I think it started with like introducing like raw dairy and I was just like, oh my God, like, has this been everything that my body has been missing? Um, for me, because like I was binging nut butters because I thought that was like, okay to do so long as I wasn't having the dairy and it just changed everything. And then I really started to dive into what we learned as NTPs, which is like learning more about the Weston A. Price Foundation and everything that they talk about. And that was kind of like the starting point. And now I'm in a space where I don't eliminate anything besides gluten. There was a phase where I was like, oh my God, sourdough and I are best friends. And right now that's maybe because of all the stress that I've been through lately that my body's just like, nope we don't, we don't like that anymore. And, you know, so intuitively it's okay to back off of that, but I honestly don't even feel restricted because I was gluten-free for so long. And there's so many alternatives today, but, um, I, I, I eat anything and everything that I want and it feels so good. And honestly, a lot of people actually just had a discovery call with someone the other day. And she was like, I'm just like, I eat really poorly. I eat sugar and da, 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 da. And she felt like she had to restrict all of her favorite foods in order to feel better. Mm. And I was just like, oh, I'm so excited. Yet I'm also like, oh, my heart breaks a little bit for you because that's not how it has to be. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there are certain foods that are going to be traditional and nourishing and da 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 da, -da um, that we should implement and and really focus on. And I find that when we introduce those foods, our bodies like really start to feel nourished. And therefore we start 
naturally craving more of these foods, like, oh, give me the bone broth. Give me the, the, for me, like, I love liver. I love eating it. And I love the way my body feels when I eat liver. Um, but that's not something I used to say like years ago. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The elimination of foods that are in their whole form. I think that's where the question has to come in is like, why is our body, as long as it's not a true allergy, like there is a distinction between allergy and intolerance and typically elimination diets are being done for intolerances, like allergies, while we can grow out of them, allergies are much more like, okay, if you're allergic to eggs and you actually have a true allergic reaction, yes, we may never reintegrate eggs or we might be able to um but intolerances are just looking at what your body's not tolerating this food and i the question i think that we both share is why is the body not tolerating mm-hmm. the food versus we're just going to eliminate it forever um because it's not like we're saying we should eliminate high fructose corn syrup that's not a food yeah. uh, So when we're eliminating true foods, why, and what can we do to, um, heal? We can't really use the word heal, but what can we do to replenish the gut and the body and the immune system? Immune system's really big in it to be able to handle this food that was given to us (laughs) naturally. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, they can be so stressful. And like you said, the labels of, well, now I'm low FODMAP and now I'm no dairy and now I'm all of these labels. And it's like, are we more attached to the label or can we figure out why we have to be this free, this free or vegan or all of these things? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. It just reminds me of this reel that I shared last year regarding food sensitivity tests. And I remember it it was, um, circulating around for a little bit because people were like, so mind blown that they didn't have to follow like their food sensitivity because it's food sensitivity, right. Versus what you said, allergy, like an allergy, yeah. test, like a true allergen. So like, I remember when I did my first food sensitivity test, it was through a traditional doctor. And then I did one through a naturopath as well. So I did two food sensitivity tests because I wasn't convinced by the first one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and <Intuitively. laughs> yeah, intuitively. And sure enough, the one that I got from the naturopath was like, eliminate all fruit. And I was like, what? <laughs> it was like worse than the first one. I was like, what's going on here? But like things like tomato and romaine and peas and just all these little things that I had no idea that I even, I don't think I was really eating too much of at the time, but anywho, all that to say that of course I was reacting to whatever, you know, their little test does. And like, because I had leaky gut. And so when we have leaky gut, the junctions of our gut lining that are supposed to be tight are open and allowing these food particles to seep through in our bloodstream. And it's like, of course, we're going to be reacting to all of these different foods. That makes so much sense, but Mm -hmm. that also doesn't mean, I don't know. And this is my own personal thing. This is why I don't run food sensitivity tests in practice because it's like, it'll just make you that much more fearful of the foods. I'm telling you, like having been there and done that, 
it just, it feels like when you're about to reach for that food, it feels like you're about to like poison yourself. (laughs) Is what it felt like. Totally. And the, and so the look at leaky gut, it's like, okay, how can we seal the gut versus how can we, um, remove this food, but continue with the leaky gut. Like it doesn't really make sense when you think about it. And I did one too. And I paid for like the extra one. So I did like over 300 foods. I, (laughs) I was feeling so bloated and so bad at the time. And bloat was one of my biggest symptoms that I had along with constipation, but the bloat really lasted a long time to the point where I was like, do I have a tumor? Like what's going on? Um, we've talked about this in past episodes, but I came back with none, zero. What? Literally none. And I was like, yeah, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, (laughs) and that was one of the first light bulb moments that I was like, wow, this has nothing to do with the food. It has everything to do with how my body is processing it because Mm -hmm. my test showed low and very low to every like 300 foods. I was expecting it to come off the charts by the way that I was feeling. Right. Um, And you said you weren't eating a lot of the foods that came up, but often the foods that do come up on people are the ones that they're eating a lot. And that makes sense Mm -hmm. because that's the food that's leaking into their bloodstream. And then it's showing up as an intolerance because it's not supposed to be there. Um, So I don't know. We're all about reducing food fear and helping you process these natural foods. And so how can we do that? (laughs) We talked about in previous episodes, how if fear is present at the table with you, when you're going to eat, you're not in that parasympathetic rest and digest state. Mm -hmm. And so you're that constant like worry and fear is just online, like percolating. And it, that alone is not going to allow you to digest the food. And so that was one of the big yeah, we learned that as I, I learned that first as an NTP, like in training. And I was like, whoa, like that changes everything. Oh, and so it really starts in the brain. It does. Right. And so like, can we settle into the moment? And oh my gosh, this is kind of, it relates, but it also is a kind of a side note. I messaged you guys to watch another self on Netflix. And it's this beautiful series that just talks about it's in Turkish, but like, you know, you, you have the subtitles and everything. Um, but it's just so beautiful how these people are revisiting, um, generate or visiting for the first time, I should say generational trauma and trauma that exists in their lineage. And one of the women said, as they're talking about her and like a, a partner and they were about to have sex, etc. And it's like, um, I don't know. They start talking about food and I've said this before on a story, but how we eat is how we make love. And mm-hmm. if you're with a man who <clears throat> is just looking to fill his stomach and he's just like kind of plowing through and same with like a woman too. Like, I mean, I was like a fast eater and I, that's all I saw. And I was never really taught to like savor our food. But on the other hand, if you're a man with a man, who's like, really takes his time and like is savoring in the pleasure and wants to receive pleasure and wants to give pleasure that just changes the game. And it just makes so much sense. And it, it's so true. Like, I don't know. I just had a light bulb moment. I feel like when you're with <laughs> someone too, who loves to cook, mm-hmm. like that might be your experience, whether it's the, 
whoever your partner is like if they love to cook like they understand that savoring process and like tasting as you go and like slowly getting yes end point (laughs) you know what they also said they're like or if you're with a man who salts his food before he even tries it run away like run far away (laughs) so good yeah because uh you're not I'm even just, appreciating what's already there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> you guys got to watch it like on Netflix, run, go do it, go <laughs> do it. If you're into like generational trauma and healing and all that stuff, it's really, it's a really beautiful series, but um, yeah. Okay. Oh, parasympathetic. Yeah. So that is number one more. So I, I, I'm almost like hesitant to say, but like more so than what you're eating. Yes. 1000%. Because I, I just actually was talking to a client this week about how she feels that when, um, she has happy hours for work, she, um, feels that that night totally sets her back and just like change. Cause she doesn't normally eat those things. And so it feels mm-hmm. like she totally sets her back. And because it's not an option to be like, don't go to the happy hour. And also I don't love that option anyway, cause we're reducing the joy that we have left in this world um, of like being in community. Um, It's, it's figuring out um, how to go into a situation like that in how is this supportive of me? This is supportive of my body because I'm connecting with people. This this happy hour is supportive of my body because I'm out of the house. I'm like enjoying company. I'm enjoying an environment that I'm not normally in. And like, hopefully it's not a stressful work happy hour, but just, it sounds like it's more, how can I enjoy it? And once I personally made that shift of like, I'm allowed to go out to eat. And I'm allowed to eat things that I normally wouldn't eat and not have it ruin the rest of my week. Um, And sometimes when you're in the beginning, that can be really hard because you're pretty sensitive to a lot of things. But that completely changed my digestion of restaurant type foods. Yeah. Like, even though I don't normally eat this thing, my body is still safe to consume it because most of the time I'm eating very supportive foods and building up my resiliency of my body. So I'm not waking up the next day feeling awful after eating something like that. And there's also different tactics that you can take around going into a day like that, like a big, I don't know about you guys, but in my past, especially in college, like if I was going to go out drinking one night, and this is when I started, I started getting into this deeply like holistic healing, um, later in college. But if I was going to go out, no chance I was really eating that day. Like I would just not eat that whole day. I would save my calories for the drinking. If we did go out to eat, sometimes I would eat like right before, cause I could tell in my body, like I had to eat something, but I was basically starving myself all day and then having a dinner and a ton of alcohol. And it's like, of course I felt horrible. Of course I felt horrible after, like I was not eating. And then I was slamming my body with food and alcohol. And so how can we support your body and nourish? And maybe there's some change in dietary intake throughout the day, knowing what you're going to eat later, just a little bit to know like that you're supporting your body, but not to the extreme of starving and then 
just totally slamming your body with all of this stuff. Oh my God. Yeah. I think many of us can relate to that story. I sure can. Um, and I feel like, I don't know. Yeah. What you just said about shifting your day to kind of support how you're going to consume foods later. So for example, like if I'm going out to eat, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, for me today, I don't, I don't really know if that changes. And that's, that's so big for me to say, because I used to do exactly what you just said. And like, okay, oh, I'm going out later. I like need to make sure like my, my meals earlier are lighter, like way lighter, kind of like what you just said, like going to an extreme. And it's really interesting how now I just like, I don't even think twice about it. Yeah. And I think that's so liberating because I would always just have to like, look at the menu or give them a call in advance and stuff. And this just comes with time guys. Like this is just as you're building resiliency, as Gabby said, because in the beginning, yeah, it makes so much sense that there is like fear on the table, that there's fear online. We're not telling you like, just let go of the fear, banish it. Like it makes so much sense that there is fear online because you have clear evidence that certain foods would trigger something in your body. And, you know, that was a little bit uncomfortable. That was really uncomfortable that sent you to the hospital or whatever, like something really extreme. That's really, you know, something that you're trying to avoid and prevent. Um, so in the beginning, I think that, I think one of my number one tip with clients is simplicity like not having to create like all these crazy recipes just so that you can enjoy yourself. Sometimes for me, even today, like the most enjoyable meals for me are simple. Like the other night, I actually plan on sharing this to um, our email list. Um, and that's picadillo, which is like this ground beef with bone broth and tomato paste and all these spices with cilantro lime rice. And it's like, there's so much flavor there, but it's yeah. So good. But so good. Yeah. And uh, it's just like, wow, that took less than 30 minutes, like with the rice, like in the pressure cooker. And then I have the, the beef cooking. And then on top of that, the beef that I use is the ancestral blend. You guys know I'm a big fan of the force of nature, um, ancestral blend. And cooking Work. in bone broth is a game changer. And cooking things in bone broth. Yeah. And I did that with the rice too. And like, you can sneak these little things in and it's like, wow, that's a nourishing meal. But like that took all less than 30 minutes and it's good. Like that's not <laughs> something that like our minds are really, um, adapted to yet because my philosophy when I was growing up is like, Ugh, I have to eat healthy so that I can look mm -hmm. a certain way. Like healthy was just like, bleh. it did not like appeal to me, but what really appealed to me were like, you know, the standard American way of eating and living. And, um, so really this whole process of elimination diets and, and coming out of it, I should say, brought me back to my traditional ancestral roots. This whole journey of healing has really allowed me to connect with my roots and my ancestors because I actually just shared a, a, a story yesterday. I don't know if you all saw it, but it's about like your ancestors looking at you as you. Oh my gosh. I was <laughs> laughing so hard. <laughs> as you like drink oatly or like defend it and they raised you on raw milk and like same thing. And it's for those photos, if you didn't see it, where like it, back in the day where people didn't smile in the photos. <laughs> <laughs> so they're just like staring you down. Literally just like 
blank stare <laughs> as they're milking the cow. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so true though. Like we've taken all these foods, gosh, all the avocado. I mean, no shame if this is still you, but like I, I honor where you're at, but the, the avocado mousses and the cauliflower pizzas and rice and all these foods that we're trying to just mimic what was given to us, as you said earlier, like just naturally there for us. And here we are like with our higher brains as humans trying to change everything. Adulter everything. Yeah. Yeah. But what if we just kept it to like traditional, like traditional, traditional is so beautiful. Modern parts of life have also like really brought beauty to our worlds too. I don't want to like, you know, say modern living is like a complete disaster and, and some parts it is. And also some parts it's beautiful. And but I do believe in going back to what our ancestors have eaten for us. I'm actually looking at a cookbook that says the nutrient dense kitchen. And that's what we love here at Keanu Wellness. We love foods that are nourishing for us. And there's a way for them to not feel like monotonous and boring and like yucky. They're far from, they're far from, mm -hmm. they're so nourishing. I mean, um, if you don't know, I'm a like, full-time solo traveling right now and when I was home at my mom's and my stepdad's I stay there like in between um but when I was home I made this whole chicken and I put the potatoes like under so when the fat came off it went onto the potatoes and like I was really proud of it honestly it was really good and I was really happy it turned out so well because I made it for my parents as well oh. and my stepdad is more of like standard American diet like very um he he's a good cook but just like he's French and just wants to eat like what he normally eats and he was like oh wow this, this is really good I was like yeah you guys think that I just eat seeds and and salad <laughs> still like I oh. we eat really good food as these people <laughs> like, remember so good remember when we were at the retreat I remember specifying to our host and like when he was getting like the private chef, like stuff set oh up, and I was like, we eat a lot of protein. Like I, there was one morning I saw on the menu, it was like, there was no protein on the menu. And I was like, uh, -uh we got to have eggs every uh -oh. single day. <laughs> Where's the bacon? Like we eat more than like, I don't know, like it's sad to say, like sometimes um, more than like what a man would eat today. Like maybe yeah. not almond I'm generalizing here, but more intentional like types of foods. Like people think that like women who eat healthy are vegans. And exactly. like, that's the, it, that's the problem or the challenge I'm running into right now too, in Mexico is that yes, you search healthy restaurant, it comes up as a vegan restaurant. And I'm like, wait, no, wait, <laughs> yeah. no, I want healthy. I said, yes. <laughs> and I'm not saying like, you're horrible if you eat vegan, but just like, that's not my version of nutrient dense um, for my body at all. For, for many reasons. For, and I think yeah. <laughs> we should have a whole separate episode on that and not to really just like shame anyone for where they are right now on their journey. But I do find that a lot of women who come to my page are like help, like I've been vegan for X, Y, Z years. And like, it's very appealing to them. I had a message like not too long ago about someone who was like super spiritual. And this is like, again, going into a side tangent, but really quickly, um, she was in the spiritual community. And I feel like if you're in this spiritual community, um, one thing that is really pre preached, and we talked about this too, in like the whole plant medicine world, yeah. um, 
and with like minerals episode mineral shaman. yep mm-hmm. um and it it yeah it just it's there's this ideation that if you are spiritual you must eat plant-based and I'm just like wow like eating meat is spiritual like mm-hmm. I mean so long as like the quality is there and sometimes even if the quality is not there I will eat and it's not my preferred method again it's not my preferred method but I will choose to eat meat, even if it's not the highest quality possible, because that is so much better for me than not eating animal protein at all. I mean, Mm -hmm. I remember one time I like really tried to explore plant-based and I was like, okay, maybe I should be doing this because of everything that was being thrown at me. And like, I was not through the NTA program yet. And I was just like, oh, this is awful. My tummy hated me. And I mean, that's the story of so many women that I've worked with. Um, that, you know, they became so bloated, weight gain, hypothyroidism, all these things, because when you're consuming an abundance of plants, um, you have to consider like the digestion of them and also like the anti-nutrients that inhibit you from actually absorbing all of the nutrients that come along with plants. But I'm not anti-plant because I think, for example, like leafy greens broth and like extracting the minerals and vitamins from those greens that are beautiful without having to digest all of the cellulose that our bodies can't really, well, yeah, they can't digest it. So Mm-hmm. That's the thing yeah. is like with coming back to elimination diets, like it's not saying that you can't eat, um, <clears throat> especially like in the metabolism sphere, like we're talking about plant foods that just might not be the best, like for your digestion. Um, but it doesn't mean that there aren't ways to cook foods that are more supportive. And so if you love plant foods, it doesn't mean that you can't eat them. I don't know anyone that like truly loves raw kale, but if you love plant foods, it doesn't mean you can't eat them. It's just like, how are we preparing them to help your body digest them? Like, of course you might feel better on an elimination diet. If you reduce raw kale, that's pretty much a given. You're probably going to feel better because you're not going to feel as bloated, but how can we introduce certain vegetables and plant foods, um, in a way that was traditionally made to eat them. And like things like beans, like we were never meant to just get whole beans and just cook them right away. We were meant to soak them. Um, and coming back to what was the original way that people cooked this food. And also because many of us are not homesteaders and we're not, this isn't our full-time job. Like how can we make that a lot easier on us? Mm -hmm. Um, And one of those ways, like one of my favorite ways to make it easier is to get the whole foods has, or, and Jovial does too, I think the beans that are already in water and mm-hmm. then just rinsing that off until there's no more bubbles. And then you're getting rid of that phytic acid and that will help you digest it so much better. And so these are things that we both work with clients on is like, how can we, um, incorporate the foods that we love in a way that was meant to be, um, for how they were meant to be made. And on one last note on the vegetarian vegan thing, something that's really interesting that I've noticed, I work with a lot of fertility clients and, Mm. um, pretty much every one, I want to say every single one has gotten for, and we've done so many things, obviously it's not just this, but how they've gotten pregnant after introducing some sort of animal, um, protein again, every time. And that might just be a protein powder, like a really high quality protein powder. Cause they might not be to the point. I did have one client who, um, 
we did very little animal protein. She got pregnant. And then after she was pregnant, she was just going crazy over meat. She was like, my body just wants it so badly. I can't even stop it. And she had been a vegetarian for, and like half vegan for a while. And so the body is so smart. And Mm -hmm. when you reduce, when you, that's the other thing about elimination diets, I'm kind of going in many different areas, but the, when you eliminate something, your body stops making the enzymes, the acid to break it down. And so that's why, like, I know when I was a vegetarian for a year, I lost the taste for meat because Mm -hmm. my body is like, if you aren't going to give us meat, then we're not going to spend all of this energy making the enzymes and stomach acid to break it down. And then you don't want it anymore. Um, and so, yeah, just really looking at this from a whole perspective of not just, it's not just about the food. It's about the how. Yep. It's all on the how I love that so much. And I love that you brought in, like, we're not anti like plants, because I think when you step into this metabolism sphere, there is this huge like push for animal foods and like really demonizing like, um, nuts and seeds and, you know, all the raw kale, as you mentioned. And I do think that there was a point where I was like eating that in abundance, like seven to eight servings of vegetables per day. Mm -hmm. And I was told that was like exactly what I was supposed to be eating for like good hormone health and good bowel movements. And it only made me feel worse because my digestion was not ready for that. Even still today, that's not something that I do because I don't feel like, again, vegetables are beautiful as a side condiment, but I don't believe that's where all of the the real like new nutrition lies. Um, but that for a moment there, I became so fearful of like anything that had nuts and seeds or anything that had like green in it because of what the metabolism sphere was telling me. And so I had to take a step back for a moment. I was like, wait, it's summertime and my body is craving a salad and like being okay with that or a smoothie again, like, you know, and, and smoothies are interesting because, um, I used to put like spinach and kale and all these things in it that were super hard to digest, but there's a way that can be really fulfilling and really nourishing. Um, I love adding protein powders. I love adding, um, brewer's yeast and, um, other things that are really supportive for my mineral status and consuming them away where you are chewing your smoothie, which is something that we also learned as an NTP. Um, <clears throat> because if we just like, just take it in all at once and we're just rushing through drinking the smoothie and we're not really taking the time to again, chew it and, and allow our digestive enzymes to come through and allow us to digest it properly, then yeah, smoothies are going to make you bloated. And if you have like all this roughage in there that's also going to make it really hard to digest so there's always that I forget I'm drinking a smoothie right now and I'm forgetting to chew it (laughs) I mean and sometimes like your body is more resilient right like Mm -hmm. you maybe that wasn't how you felt like at the beginning you know when you were just coming out of the bloat and you had to be a little bit more mindful and like so that was more online but now that your body's more resilient then you Mm. know you can give a little there But, um, the whole statement, like, yes. And like, yes, smoothies can be that can cause you bloat and there's a way for them to be supportive. Um, same with your salads and same with, um, peanut butter. Like I love a good peanut butter. Yes. Yeah. Even almond butter, like me, like the difference, like you said, is abundance, like Mm -hmm. spoonfuls of almond butter that's not spreaded, that's 
just, yeah, like your body, like building up their resiliency to having one spoonful of almond butter in a smoothie is not going to ruin your metabolism. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Really looking at it from like, how can we come at this in a really well-rounded, rational view without putting fear on new things every day? And also social media is so hard with everything that everyone's saying. And a Mm -hmm. lot of people are um, reiterating what a lot of other people are saying. And, And you never know what's happening behind closed doors. You never know what that person went through with a healing journey to get to where they're at. And so just really reducing the comparison to what other people are eliminating and coming back to your intuition on like, does this feel good? How do I feel after I eat it? Am I digesting it well? Like your body is so unique. Yeah. One of the the things I like to introduce to clients when we first start working with each other, just so they can really give this a shot and really trust this process. And as you, you know, always talk about like trusting your practitioner, I invite them to quiet the noise, like just mm-hmm. mute, mute anyone who kind of makes you feel like you're not doing enough and like just throwing information at you, like just for the next three months, just to kind of see like how this works, um, you and I together in relationship with one another. And, um, yeah, it's really beautiful. Like when we're able to do that for ourselves, because the stress is probably just alleviated from your system. Therefore you may start digesting foods a little bit better. (laughs) It's crazy. The stress of social media. Wow. Mm -hmm. Not to demonize social media because again, it's beautiful, but like, you know, boundaries being mindful. Yeah. Being mindful of it. It's hard. (laughs) It's hard. Um, anywho, y'all, I think all that to say, maybe food sensitivities aren't the right place to start. I am a big proponent of, I think Gabby and I both are big proponents of just starting off with the foundations that we learned as MTPs and then going a little bit deeper. I, I think we both love HGMAs. We love mineral testing and, um, you can also tell a lot about someone's stomach acid status and what we can do to support that can come from learning about your minerals. Um, so I love mineral testing and something you mentioned earlier is about allergies and something that came to mind was like celiac disease. And for someone who just really like in the presence of gluten, there's just this huge reaction. I mean, I know some cases are more severe than others, but, um, iron is a huge component to that. And, um, that's why I also love really integrating the full Monty iron panel and looking at what someone's iron status is doing, because I do believe autoimmune diseases can go into remission and yes, that includes celiac disease. Does it mean that it'll happen like very fast? I mean, like probably not as with any healing journey, especially rebalancing your minerals. It's a very, very slow and steady process, but it's very possible. I've seen that to be the case with Hashimoto's especially. Um, but yeah, I hope that just brings hope to anyone who feels like they just can't eat much right now. Yeah. The hope piece is I never years ago, I never thought I was, I would ever get rid of the bloating. I never thought that I would wake up and not feel bloated. It was just one of those symptoms that no matter what I did wouldn't go away. And 
I don't like uploads anymore. And sometimes I was just thinking about this, like sometimes it's hard to celebrate the things that are changing because our bodies are so naturally focused on the things that aren't changing. And so if you can just, when you wake up, if you are bloated every day, you wake up, think of something and this isn't bypassing. It's just getting in information as much as you're giving out of frustration is what is working for my body today? Like what food did I digest really well today that maybe a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have digested well. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, the, just with the sphere of elimination diet, bringing a lot of fear. Um, how can we bring in the opposite? I love what you just said so much. It kind of relates to, reminds me of what we practice at the retreat is just like the trauma vortex and the counter vortex. Again, it's not bypassing. It's not dismissing what is actually like causing you discomfort in your body right now. It's actually just noticing it and then finding an area in your body that feels like, maybe that feels like a 10, find an area in your body that feels like a nine. Yes. And oscillate between the two. Oscillate between the two. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I love it so much. Anyway, I think that's a wrap for today's show, (laughs) y'all. Thank you so much for joining us. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to leave it a review or rating. If it resonates with you, share it with a friend. We so appreciate you for listening until next time. Thank you. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. If the episode resonated with you, feel free to share it with a friend and give the podcast a five-star review and rating as this allows us to grow and continue having incredible guests on the show. Thank you so much for your support until next time.